Bill, where the fuck are we? What's with the screaming? Bro, I can't tell you our exact location. All I can tell you is that I was able to score us two tickets to a live exorcism tonight. Tickets? Where the fuck did you get tickets to an exorcism? I got them on StubHub. I used the fucking discount code Talk to the Dead, and I got two tickets for the fucking price of one to a live exorcism. And it was just perfect for what we're doing tonight. Well, do you remember I told you we were going to do that episode on the exorcism of that young girl that was broadcast live on ABC News? What fucking person gets tickets to an exorcism? Chris, as I tell you each week, bud, much needed research. Chris, please, won't you just trust me just this once? Nothing ever ends well when I do that. After you, bud. Always after me. Oh, Chris Duck! Ah, oh, you see that, Chris? They got her tied down there. Oh, oh Jesus. Oh, she's fucking wild. She She's, fucking, she's fucking wild. Holy shit. Oh, shit. She's looking at us. Chris, she's looking at us. Uh, I, uh, I think I'm gonna go. Wait, Wait a, a second. second. You're going nowhere. Are you those two assholes from that fucking piece of shit show between the cracks podcast? Uh, yeah. Um, Chris is. <sighs> I'd rather spend my life burning in hell than being locked in a room with these two assholes. I'm out of here! tonight oh man there's gonna be so many good bloopers out of this one <laughs> i mean i fucked up the intro chris please give me a second you're bringing out a dark side of me and i mean no pun intended but that is a little bit of hint of what we're going to be talking about but you must stop at this instant and let's get back on track and <laughs> give these fine people what they want quality programming chris so now hold on a second please with that said, everybody, welcome to episode number 21. I'm your host, Bill, and with me is my co-host, Chris. Now, Chris, let me ask you a question. How do you feel about our baby turning 21 today? She can officially go out and drink. Uh, it's just a podcast. No, 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 Chris. This is your baby. You are the daddy. Uh, the fuck I am. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, here we are, Chris. Episode 21. Could you have ever seen us making it this far? And tell the uh, truth, pal. <laughs> truth be told, I definitely did not see us making it this far. In fact, if you had wagered a bet back when we started this thing, I would have bet way against us being able to make it to episode 21. In fact, 
Maybe even episode 10. I went back and I listened to a couple of the episodes every now and then, but I rarely go back to episode one. But I did the other day, and my God, it was fucking dreadful. I, I just, I, 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 I shut it off. I shut it off myself within the first three fucking minutes. As expected, it took some time for us to kind of come out of our shell and, you know, get comfortable with doing this whole thing. I so. think once we got into Robert the Doll is when things started to turn a little bit. <laughs> We had fun with that one, and then yeah, you, and then you, sure. and then the following one where you married the uh, mannequin down there in Mexico. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> How could I forget? But Chris, the numbers fucking keep growing. I just got an email the other day that we, pal, the boys from Between the Cracks podcast, are number thirty-seven in all of Greece. Chris, number thirty-seven. There's got to be like 37 podcasts in Greece then because there's no way we made the 37. <laughs> there are fucking 35 to be exact. <laughs> but I, don't, I, I just don't, I don't get how this is. I showed you like, that stat. We're ahead of fucking, um, oh my God, uh, some show from ABC, one from A&E and one from CBC. So maybe everybody. ABC, what a coincidence. <laughs> exactly. Maybe everybody's getting sick of mainstream media and uh, they're going to uh, sites like us for some news which is the <laughs> worst possible thing you could do yeah <laughs> these poor people yeah it's so crazy because we don't have you know kind of any gauge other than like the stats that you get through seeing how many people download and, and you know where we're being downloaded and but like we don't get emails we don't get anyone reaching out about the show or anything so if, to us or to me anyway it feels like this is going nowhere, but well, apparently... It's funny, I mean, listening. that's how... Oh, I just gauge everything by the analytics on my uh, the host site. Like you said, we had the one spike in Facebook followers for like a few weeks, and then that fucking died out. Then I got off of Facebook. Now I'm fucking agitated with Facebook. So I was on today again for a few hours, and I just deactivated. I'm done. I can't. And then, yeah. so that group's fucking down. And then I got the Instagram page, but nobody fucking uh, reaches out at all. I mean, it's pulling teeth to get a fucking follower on that goddamn thing. And uh, forget the emails. Oh, my God. Nobody even emails anymore. <laughs> Can you imagine the stats that you've been getting were for a different show this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> it's not even us. Oh, it's not. <laughs> oh, God. But aside from all that good news, Chris, what's going on in uh, your world? The same shit. And now to only make matters worse, this heat that we're getting, which I can't stand. I fucking hate the heat. Well, I'll tell you what. I just put those zinnias that you gave us. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I put them in. They were in the fucking plastic pots, right? I, I was so fucking late getting them in. They looked like they were dying. I got them in the fucking ground the other day and miraculously came back to life within fucking hours. And they look great now. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, am it's amazing what uh, a little water in space does for plants. It's pretty crazy. Crazy. But, uh, yeah, this heat. Uh, we're not supposed to be getting up to 90 degrees on, you know the beginning of june this is absurd it wasn't the rain that made me put the top back on a jeep it's the fucking sun bro i took this thing out for a ride the other day to get coffee and shit i came back fucking burnt that's the thing like i guess it's nice because you get like the wind and stuff in your face but like if i can't escape the sun in the car i get agitated if the sun comes through like the front windshield oh, like, forget it man for too long if that thing was beating on my back while I was driving for like an hour, I'd, I would lose it. This is equivalent to fucking Texas heat. I'll tell you a quick story. I went down to my cousin's place in Austin, Texas. God, it had to be a fucking decade ago now, but it was the most oppressive fucking heat I've ever had in my life. So I kid you not, I went out for a jog and everything around me started to turn brown within the jog. The grass, 
the fucking sidewalks. Every house was fucking brown. And a number on each house, they started to turn into the same fucking number. Everything was like 9102. Like my mind was, <laughs> I was dehydrating. I couldn't fucking see straight. And everything was just blending and merging together, man. That's how fucking brutal that was. And it's getting very similar up here now. And I'm getting more agitated, which each and every fucking day passes. I don't understand how people live any further south than where we live. Like it's. They fucking love it. Yeah, you really have to, like, you you have to love the abuse of heat, I guess, because, like, yeah, like you said, I went down years ago with a friend to Fredericksburg, Texas, and it was 114 degrees while we were there. You couldn't even, you couldn't physically step out into the sun or you'd, you'd, you'd evaporate instantly. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck that. I can't stand that, man. I, I actually can't wait for fall again. I don't even give a shit if they open the beaches or what. Leave me the fuck alone. Well, in addition to that, um, I got news the other day from Spartan that they're changing some of the obstacles due to the COVID-19 for our October 3rd Ultra Beast. So they're doing away with all the activities in water and then all of uh, the obstacles that require uh, multi-handling. Like, so I'm guessing like the, the bucket brigade and all shit. But you know what that means, Chris. So if they're going to fucking take it away from the obstacles, they're going to supplement it with extra fucking elevation hikes. And we all know how that fucking works out. Oh, my God. Dude, that's, yeah, the, that's uh, the worst. Than, that's, that's worse than any obstacle of those fucking elevation hikes. Yeah, because you get up to what you think is the top. And then you're like, oh, we're going back down. And then they bring you right back up again. And, and that's, it just takes a toll on, you, on everything. You literally <laughs> lose your will to fucking live. <laughs> well, that's the thing more than anything. I mean, once once your mind says no, like, that's it. You're just... Well, remember the time we were racing and an old guy lit us up? I mean, he had to be 100 years old if he was a fucking day. And we were <laughs> complaining. And he goes, remember, boys. Your remember, mind will quit before your body Yeah, we, your mind will quit before your body ever will. That's right. And uh, he's fucking right, but... <laughs> but that doesn't change the fact... That does not change the fact that I want to fucking quit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. But, like a prisoner to the course, someone else in our story tonight is a prisoner. A prisoner to perhaps not one, but several demons. <laughs> what are you uh, getting at, Chris? Are you saying that tonight we're going to be dancing with the devil? Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, in so many words, because uh, tonight we have a little bit of an exorcism. Yes, tonight we have a fucking weird one, Chris. We're going back to the early 1990s. It's funny because I remember growing up in Yonkers in the 80s and in the early 90s, and that was the era of satanic panic. Uh, were you around for that, Chris? Do you remember that at all? I don't. I, I suppose I was too young. I was you know, being born in 86. It took place in the mid-80s into the early 90s, and it was basically the time when like Metallica, Slayer, Exodus, all those fucking bands were coming out, and they were getting popular. And there was a lot of hype behind it in regards to it, this type of music being connected to black magic and uh, satanic rituals and satanic beliefs and shit. It made all the news. It was There were episodes about it on fucking Geraldo and all this bullshit. So... It was this whole huge fucking panic of parents, churches, any kind of religion. You know, everybody was running scared of this supposed way of thinking when it was just fucking music and stupid fucking teenagers acting um, like teenagers do, you know. But it got out of control and uh, I think in part plays a role in uh, what we see in this story because this one goes a little darker than uh, actual panic. Tonight, 
we are going back to 1991. And this one is very special, Chris, because this case was actually broadcast live on ABC fucking news on the show 2020 and had over 29 million viewers. Tonight, Chris, we are going to be talking about the exorcism of Gina. I say, Chris, tonight (laughs) we are going to be talking about the exorcism of Gina. No last name, just... No, and surprisingly enough, I cannot find anything on this fucking chick's life after this. There is nothing about her. I have fucking searched high and low. I can't find any fucking last name. We don't even know if Gina's a real fucking first name. And there is nothing about her anywhere on the internet. Aside from being on 2020 with Barbara Walters and, um, what's his name? Hugh Downs. (laughs) I'm Hugh Downs. (laughs) Are you? I say I'm Hugh Downs. <laughs> so oh, we get it, asshole. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> so yes, they basically go into the topic of of exorcisms and how they've been used over time and what they believe the basically when when someone you know things like someone being interested in pornography, doing drugs, things of that sort, uh, basically being an influence of the devil, and so. Those interests that people have. Whoa, whoa, Chris. Those sound like my interests. <laughs> my man, we're going to have to get you to a church <laughs> ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> so the story here is that I guess ABC wanted to basically get some footage of an actual exorcism. So they find their candidate. The, the church agrees. And uh, off we go to exorcism of Gina. Yeah. Ooh, Chris, please. That's That scared me. So apparently there's this huge process that the Catholic Church has to go through in order to get approval to do an exorcism. And that takes upwards of six months, I believe. But yeah. in order to do that, plus have it <laughs> televised on national TV, <laughs> I think you have to jump through a few more fucking... Uh, hoops to, uh, to to get that done. So I think they waited upwards of a year. Uh, it actually took place in, in 72. <laughs> it didn't get filmed. Well, oh my God. I mean, yeah, upwards of a year to find their, like you said, their actual fucking candidate because there are, even to this day, a number of exorcisms performed around the world. So who the fuck knows how many of these things are actually still happening? But for the sake of what we're talking about, this all started... As we said, back in 1991, it takes place in a town called Wellington, Florida, a place you know well, Chris. How would I know that? <laughs> please, Chris, please, just just stick to the script. Stick to the script. <laughs> um, and uh, the subject, as we said, is a 16-year-old girl named Gina. And Gina apparently has had a history of psychotic episodes in which she is hearing voices, screaming at people and objects that aren't there, laughing maniacally at things that she shouldn't be laughing at, and acting out aggressively towards family members, and possibly even in public places that would be deemed uh, inappropriate (laughs) to act aggressively. (laughs) So she has all of these signs of having a psychiatric issue. So with all these things being said, Gina lived with her mom, and Gina's mom was a devout Catholic, so she sought help 
from the church in this matter. And they were willing to oblige. But just to give you a little bit more of a backdrop on Gina's situation, it is said here, and I quote, that Gina had been physically abused as a child by an acquaintance and had been traumatized by her parents' divorce. According to her mother, Gina began behaving oddly, throwing tantrums, spitting, and speaking in a low gurgle of Minga. Now, we're going to get to Minga in a little bit. Whom Gina described as a short female and the screeching of an African from the jungle whom Gina called Zion. So, the jungle of Zion. You could see all these fucking things that she was going through were basically the result of trauma from being abused. So, whether that be sexually, mental abuse, other kinds of physical abuse, we don't know. We don't have that exact information. Plus, having the parents divorced at a young age. So, you could imagine all these multiple traumas equating into a child acting out. And I think that's what we have here. And as we mentioned before, the satanic panic era of the 80s and 90s coincided with this perfectly. And I think poor Gina got caught in the fucking crossfires of all this. So like we said, the mom contacted the church and it was at that point they reviewed the case and then our main subjects come into play. And number one would be the priest, Father John Labar, who was actually interviewed on the 2020 show. And I think you got to see a little bit of him didn't you chris i did and uh <laughs> and <laughs> i don't know obviously like th- thinking about the subject of exorcism and how it's very let's just put it this way most people don't believe it this person clearly does and as a result he's kind of explaining things that he's seen before in prior exorcisms and he says basically there's a there's a few things that a person uh, will do that kind of gives you a tip off that they're possessed by a demon. And one, he says they'll have superhuman strength, basically. So it'll be difficult to restrain the person. They will start speaking in a different language that they never studied before. Or they'll have uh, clairvoyance. He tries to basically push Gina's demon or demons because it could be multiple he tries to provoke a reaction so uh, but he's he's the- very creepy himself if you listen to him talk and he talks in a very monotone fashion there's sort of no emotion uh, again no blinking i mean i i wouldn't like this guy fucking uh roaming around me i mean and, and again like back to talking about like people that believe in exorcisms not to say that they're crazy but like it's just when someone is so like has so much belief in this idea that I guess most of us don't really understand or can understand. 2020 actually did a very good job on explaining the different side. So on one side you had the priest, Father James Labar, who had faith in his religion and thinking he can help Gina that way. But then they also give the other vantage point of Dr. Warren Sling, Slinger, I believe his name is. He was a psychiatrist at the Miami Children's Hospital where Gina was eventually taken and taken care of. He comes at it from, you know, in my opinion, a more practical and medicinal aspect. So they do a very good job um, as far as explaining both. And we're going to get to the rationales of both sides, but I did want to mention that what you were saying about the belief in it, you know, they actually also interview uh, a Reverend James Gill, who, in addition to being a reverend, he's also a fucking psychiatrist. So he says, and I quote, if she believes it's helpful, then it will be. So in my eyes, that's sort of like the placebo effect, you know? So that's right. that comes into the whole belief in your faith and how strong your faith is. And, you know, I mean, that can help, but I mean, how much can it help without 
you know, westernized fucking medicine at some point. <laughs> at some point, stepping into the stepping into play. But that's the whole thing here too. It's there's people out there that have very, very, very strong beliefs in religion, and then there's people out there that kind of just it is what it is. You just mosey through life, and things happen. They happen. Whether or not that there's another force that controls that, but. If you're somebody on the other end of the spectrum that that is a very, very firm believer in religion and you think you're possessed by a demon and you want an exorcism and an exorcism is done, yeah, to an extent that would help. But like you said, if if there's an actual kind of imbalance going on. I mean, schizophrenia, schizophrenia is not going to go away by somebody fucking. (laughs) Well, exactly. right. You're not going to will it out of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, to an extent does does maybe this person feel better at the time or, or, you know, the mother of Gina feel better because she thinks this is the right thing to do, but we'll, we'll, we'll discuss what happens after that. Yeah. So let's go. So, yeah. So let's go backwards for a minute. So as they begin to prep for this exorcism, it's, (laughs) I mean, it's not funny. I don't think it's funny what they did to the girl, but the, the way that they're prepping for this is, is, is kind of funny because they do this at, a convent in southern Florida. So as they're prepping, they have a group there that is supposed to support Gina. So that consists of her mom, the two priests that are holding the exorcism, as we mentioned, Father Labar, or Labar, and then Father A, who goes by Anonymous. He doesn't want to be known, right? Because he right. does a yeah. number of these exorcisms, and I guess he just doesn't want to be identified. So you have those two guys, you have the mom, you have a guy that they describe as a doctor, so I don't fucking know if they don't give any more information as to what type, what type of doctor he is. And then you have a nun and then a couple little old ladies, okay? So, I mean, this looks like the weakest fucking crowd you could ever imagine in your life. I mean, physically, they, they can't hold a fucking flyback. I just laughed off the bat thinking that they're in charge. They got these little old ladies in charge of holding Gina down in case this demon decides to fucking tear the place apart. Because the, the priest says that this could be his last night, that if this demon wants him dead, he can take him. You know, blah, blah, blah. There's all this shit going on. And then... um. One of the ladies begins to describe, she goes, you know, last time we had an exorcism here and they show her like cleaning things out and moving lamps and taking cushions away. She goes, Lena, last time we had an exorcism here, it got really wild. The uh, girl began throwing cushions. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I mean, that sounds like the least wild fucking exorcism you can ever fucking be part In of. In a brutal display. <laughs> so they show power. That. <laughs> So they show that. All right, so that's your setup. You have probably about eight people in a room, and then all of a sudden, Gina comes in the room, and they're standing in a circle or a semicircle, and they're passing around holy water, right, Chris? And they're making her drink it. Is that what they're doing? Right, so I think the idea is here, because they're just sitting around and they weren't getting much activity at first, they basically give her holy water to drink, hoping that it will instigate or cause a reaction from the demons. And who the fuck knows what was in that, you know? <laughs> uh, studies reveal that it was actually just uh, Sprite. <laughs> some, kind sprite. Of, <laughs> some kind of hallucinogen. So yeah, so Chris is right. So she drinks the holy water, and then they don't tell her that it's an exorcism for her. So, or that's at least what they tell us, you know? I might also add that they say Jean is 16, but she looks like she could be fucking 47. So you, you don't know how old this girl really is, and there's no other information on her other than her name. So after she drinks the holy water, this is when things start to get a little wild. It's at this point that she realizes that she is the focus of an exorcism. 
and they sit her down. Not much is happening, but the priest then begins to put the cross on her head and <laughs> starts pressing it further and further into her head. To me, it looks like that causes the agitation more so than anything. <laughs> so she starts getting fucking pissed, right? And she's fighting back a little bit. What, what the priest usually tries to do is they try to identify what they're, who they're dealing with inside the host. So Gina is hosting, they don't know who they're hosting, uh, who's hosting Gina rather, like what demons, how many there are. So we find out Zynga and then we find out Zion. Um, I, th- I thought Zion was supposed to be the fucking jungle that Zynga came from or some shit. No, I think she said there was two people there because in the interview she said it was an she said that it was um, an African from the jungle and the uh, sorry the priest asked asked if he this African um, man was like a present day or was it from the jungle and I'm not exactly sure what that's supposed to mean but she <laughs> like said fucking, from the like jungle a, like a fucking African like, tribe or some shit like a native like, yeah. right like a native yeah so. She says African from the jungle, so that's what we have to go off of. And and the name of the person was Zion, supposedly. So there's two people at play here. Cause it's hard to make out what the fuck she's saying, you know, because she's screaming and she's doing these weird fucking voices. So I, I picked it up initially that she was saying that she was fucking Minga or Minga. Yeah, Minga, right? M-I-N-G-A? Yes. Yeah, from this jungle of Zion. That's what I fucking thought she said, but... Now I'm looking at it. You're right. It's two different fucking people. And she's going on and on and cursing and screaming. But what's odd to me, and I don't know if you saw it or picked up on it when you were watching the video, did you happen to notice that every episode she was having, she wouldn't really strike. Like She was kind of being held back by one hand by one of these old ladies, which would never happen. And then she kept periodically looking over at the camera. And I don't know if there's specific people have to be in the room. Like It can't just be your average... Joe Schmo is like a, a person that can hold her down. But if you know that someone who's possessed by a demon can have superhuman strength, they chose perhaps the worst candidates I mean, you got the for ca- this job. You got the cast of the fucking Golden Girls. <laughs> they didn't exactly have uh, Rocky Balboa holding, them, <laughs> I mean, holding her down. What, what's funny is they got the little old ladies holding her down and the fucking guy, the doctor, is just kind of like in the background. Right? He's not even doing anything. He's just a fucking <laughs> Could he do anything anyway? <laughs> no, like, a blade of grass would whoop his ass. But yeah, so they're going through this fucking exorcism. And it doesn't seem like, you know, they're making any progress. She's still screaming, you know, and fighting. I wouldn't even say fighting them, right? She makes a little move towards them and then drops back. So it's it's they, it's very right. non-aggressive. You know, it looks like it's it's a forced aggression. Right. So so she, she seems to be resisting it. Yes. Many times, but at the same time, she's never overpowering them. Um, At one point, they do use restraints, which looks like just simple Velcro straps, but (laughs) um, (laughs) it's it's never a situation, at least that we're seeing, that they've lost control, so... No, not once. And the the language she's speaking, or the, the, the gibberish, whatever that's coming out of her mouth... Did they ever even explain if that was like, you know, they always say sometimes like if they speak Latin, that's like a very old style, you know, perhaps that would be used by a demon. But I don't even know that she was speaking a language. <laughs> yeah, bro. If that shit was Latin, they would have said it. There's no fucking way. I don't think that was yeah. that was fucking nothing. So which, which is funny, though, because um, they had one woman there and uh, her name was 
Carol, Carol Reza, I believe, and she was supposedly the psychotherapist uh, for Gina. And there were certain claims that prior, prior to this, what really got the ball rolling was that the mom had reported that Gina was levitating in her room a couple <laughs> nights a week. <laughs> so, so take that as you will with all this because... I mean, if you... You get one bad chili uh, dinner, and <laughs> anybody would love it to take off the bed. <laughs> oh, man. So what's funny, though, so now you have all these people. They're holding her down, as we said. The priest is pushing the cross and holy water on her. Things begin to calm down, and he's telling her that the demons are now leaving her body. And it seems like there's this great resolve, right? Like, But it's almost like it came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, it, the camera pans out, and they're showing everybody beginning to hug Gina. Like, oh, you did it, you're back. But it just came out of fucking nowhere. And I'll be damned. Whether I believe it or not, which I don't, however, it's still creepy as fuck. If you think I'm hugging this motherfucker after she was just screaming and acting like that, I wouldn't touch her at fucking gunpoint. And they're all hugging her and saying, you know, you did it. We beat you <laughs> within, within a matter of fucking hours. So now we have a, a great end of our story. Am I right, Chris? Oh, unfortunately, no. No, it appears no. Are not well. No, what happens? I mean, I know that she goes home. And uh, what happens after that, Chris? Well, um, first, I'd like to know how they determined that the exorcism was a success, but... I think the old lady just got tired. <laughs> she says that she's much better. She feels free. But when she returns home, uh, she begins acting out again. Yes, the same as she was before. So nothing really had changed. The screaming, visions of objects that aren't there, basically hallucinations being aggressive, throwing shit around a room. So at this point, Father Labar comes back into the picture. And at this point, he's done performing the exorcism on Gina. He goes right after the house now. Now he's saying it's the house that is possessed. So he performs an exorcism on the house. And uh, Gina's still flipping her shit and losing her fucking mind. So it's at that point, Chris, that uh, logic kind of steps in. And uh, by that, I mean Gina's mom finally decides to take her to the Miami Children's Hospital Psychiatric Center. I wonder what they diagnosed her with. Well, that is when our little friend, Dr. Warren Slanger, who, Slanger, however the fuck you say it, who we mentioned before, this is when he comes into play. And uh, the good doctor was asked point blank, do you believe in um, the proactive nature of the exorcism? And he said no. He does not believe in it at all. Basically, he believes that the antipsychotic medications that he put Gina on were the reason, the sole reason, I might add, that her psychotic episodes ceased. Now, you may be on something there, Doc. <laughs> Do I think that it's possible? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to flat out say no. Do I think this actually happened? Do I think she herself was actually possessed? No, I do not. It's hard to fucking say one way or the other if you completely disagree or completely agree with. My opinion is, I think it's bullshit, but on the same token, I won't watch the Exorcist movie. I will not step foot in a room where an exorcism is being performed. So, yeah, there's a part of me that's definitely freaked fucking out by it. I mean... But, uh, Chris... Do you remember when we saw in theaters Paranormal Activity? Yes, 
That was at the Poughkeepsie and Gallery. That was about a demon. <laughs> that was at the Poughkeepsie Gallery. That scared the shit out of me. I don't really like scary movies. Don't really scare me, especially the more bullshit they are. The, obviously, the, the less like like Pennywise, the clown. Like I, yeah, clowns are scary. Yeah, blah, blah, I mean, blah, blah, but but like it's it's not something I, I, that ever concern me. But when but when that movie and it was just so like raw footage type thing and. Uh, well, it's those little things. There could be. Yeah, man, it's those little things that they do. So remember, like they would film themselves sleeping, and like the blanket or comforter would move slightly or lift up. I hate little shit like that. That's the type of shit that fucking bugs me out. And oh, then it had the God. fucking or, the hoof prints coming up the stairs in the, in the fucking flower. Yeah. yeah. Or 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 getting pulled off the bed. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That was fun. That shit is creepy. So, like I said, I can't completely say no, but I mean. My rational side of thinking would say, yes, it's bullshit. But do you remember also, Chris, when we were down in the apartment that shall not be mentioned doing one of our investigative uh, research uh, <laughs> expeditions down there? When research. we When we did, uh, we had that fucking uh, voice box thing and a thing called my fucking name. This was pretty crazy. So we were messing around with one of these, like, you know, kind of apps or whatever that's supposed to basically pick up like paranormal activity or presence uh in the room and this thing would actually say words so this was when you were right above you were living right above apartment f and the thing hand to god the thing said these two words bill tomorrow well that you remember that fucking bitch said it bill and I was like, and, and you took off like a bat out of hell, so you were fucking gone. I had to stay in that fucking apartment all night and just sleeping with one eye open and wondering what the fuck was going to happen to me the following day. Oh, man. It, it's like, who knows? Maybe the phone just picks up names and recordings from what you're saying but, in front of it, and it just like it spits it back out. Bro, but, and that was another time we ran right the fuck out of there. I think I left you behind again. <laughs> In the dust. My fucking track record is terrible down in that apartment. <laughs> oh, man. But at the same time, and, and you know, when you have the idea that something wrong or bad could happen, your your body automatically kind of expects that it's going to. And, like, you're just skin crawled just to be in there. Like, you would you would be standing in there. It would be pitch black or it would, or it would be dead silent. For, if it was pitch black, we would definitely not be in there. It would be dead silent. Like, you get goosebumps all of a sudden. Well, bro, that's the same thing I think what happens at these fucking exorcisms. So, like, as you see these people, everything's calm and, you know, relaxed. And all of a sudden, this girl, Gina, starts acting up. Everybody gets tense. So, and then I think that just then just spreads around the fucking group. And that tension just builds more tension. And all of a sudden, you're, you have yourself in a situation which wouldn't have happened if everybody wasn't so fucking tense and, and, and nervous, you know? Like we said earlier, it definitely sounds like a psychotic disorder, specifically fucking schizophrenia. And I just wanted to go back to um, Dr. Uh, Warren. I, I can't read this fucking guy's name. I'm going to slinger. Dr. fucking slinger. Where the fuck his name is? I'm getting agitated with it now. So he talks about prescribing a medication called haloperidol. Apparently, that is used to treat schizophrenia, and it's also used to control motor and speech tics in people with Tourette syndrome. Now, the reason I laugh is because as I was doing a little research for this, um, 
going back further and further from the 80s, uh, God, I, I don't even know how far back we go, but they used to perform exorcisms when they were much more commonplace on people that had any kind of fucking ailments that the general <laughs> public didn't understand. So, for instance, when you know somebody had Tourette's, the church may look upon it as a demonic possession and attempt to perform an exorcism on someone with Tourette's. That's how fucking out of control this shit was at one point. Dude, do you know how many people were probably burned at the stake because of that? Oh, like my for God. Having Tourette's? There, there are old fucking like paintings that like like descriptive fucking paintings that of like from like from the medieval times and shit like that. that they're showing people getting their wrists slit open or their head fucking um, <laughs> opened up with uh, like a fucking knife and a, and a, a small mallet. And <laughs> they, they, it was under the category of exorcisms. So you, 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 this is the way mental illness was dealt with back then. And I think we saw that trickle in through the 80s and a little bit into the 90s. And thank God we started to progress by the mid-90s and like we covered in that episode five with the Hudson Valley they started closing a lot of these psychiatric centers where the people were just being mistreated you know the patients were being mistreated so as we grow as a society and you know we get to learn more about mental illness and whatnot it could be dealt with in a more caring and humanistic fucking way instead of you know some of these barbaric fucking techniques but you know it's crazy like you you look back at this and it, it's only 1991 right so 91 I was fucking i was 16 so i mean i was a teenager when this came out so i mean it's not that fucking long ago to (laughs) think that it was a good idea to put a fucking exorcism of a 16 year old girl on national television this poor fucking girl you know so she's obviously suffering from a mental illness and now no wonder you can't fight shit on her. she probably changed her fucking name if she's even still alive and wants nothing to do with this you know so she's got to deal with the humiliation basically of her mental illness being broadcast to 29 fucking million people imagine that shit huge huge following after this was a lot of people watched this because initially i was going to do an episode i wanted to contact you about doing episode on the the movie the exorcist but it was too scary i didn't want to get into it so i (laughs) i found this and it's so funny when fucking a movie is scarier than fucking real life so uh i found this and i couldn't fucking believe what i was reading so i just thought it was so fucking crazy that this is something that actually happened and not so fucking long ago so now just to follow up on everything uh so after (laughs) this stay at the miami children's hospital they then interview Father LeBear again, right? LeBar, what is his name? LeBar? LeBar. Yeah, LeBar again. And they ask him point blank, you know, do you think that your exorcism helped? Or do you think the medication from the psychiatrist helped? And he goes, in that fucking creepy voice again, he says, uh, you know, drugs are funny because they can obviously handle the physical characteristics, but Gina herself basically said that uh, the exorcism had helped get rid of the voices and uh, the aggressive nature that she was feeling inside. So, I mean, take that as you will. Whoa. I mean, it it basically sounds like it was tough for him to concede that uh, the medication had helped possibly more than the exorcism. (laughs) I'm not going to knock him for it, you know, believe what you want, but I go back and... uh, 
look at this girl Gina and they have one final interview with her and you know she's talking about how she believed that you know the exorcism helped her and her mother believed it but she's talking and it's obvious that there's something wrong with her you know some kind of disability or a psychotic disorder you could tell that something's not completely right you know and you can't put your finger on it but something's not fucking right but to make sense of it all at least for me the way i feel about it i go back to what my man uh reverend jimmy gill who i mentioned before the guy who was the reverend and the psychiatrist (laughs) uh dr james gill and like we said uh my man jimmy said if she believes it was helpful than it was. So it's that placebo effect. So maybe it was a combo of the Western medicines and psychotic medications mixed with her faith and her belief. Maybe those two things together had uh, had a positive effect on her. But we don't know, Chris, because she cannot be fucking found. You could think of it another way, actually. I'd, oh, I'd whoa, say. whoa, so, whoa. What are you getting at here, cowboy? So say she has strong beliefs in religion and... After the exorcism, she feels that this helped her. But then when she goes right back to what she was before, wouldn't that kind of, in essence, maybe even make her less of a believer then? Would end up doing more harm than good. Well, yeah, because I, like I said, it obviously seems like something was wrong with her. And now you're thinking, like, if the church was involved and ABC's involved, you're on a fucking national TV show, what else is she going to say? You know, is she going to go against the church, you know, or against what ABC was trying to put out there at the time and say, you know, ah, you know, this fucking whole thing was bullshit. Thank God for the doctor who got me those meds. Then, you know, because her mom was involved with the local church. She was involved with the local church. I believe one of the Cardinal John O'Connor at the time had said that there was an increase in exorcisms after this, like in, I think like in the year 1992 or some shit. You got to remember all the pressure she probably has of that going on, or at least being prepped by an adult who's behind the scenes. I think they said that the mother was actually receiving some pressure from the church to actually go through with this exorcism. I I bet once they got the go-ahead and the exposure from ABC, I'm sure that's exactly what happened. I mean, I don't want to brand this as the church trying to maybe increase its following. You You know, like they mentioned that is this some sort of propaganda tactic here where they're just trying to uh, basically show the world that demons do exist and that you should seek Christianity, Catholicism. But, you know, who knows? I mean, I can't say for sure. But uh, Yeah, you don't know. I mean, you just know that when you're on national television and there's uh, obviously money involved, advertisers and whatnot, you know, there's pressure. From however they want to spin a fucking story. And that's just a fact, Jack. You see what I did there, Chris? It's actually Chris. (laughs) Chris, I'm going to ask you first. What do you think? I'm going to go with... In terms of exorcisms, in terms of demonic possessions, I'm not at liberty to say if it's true or if it's possible. But in this instance... I don't believe Gina was possessed at all. I think this was clearly a psychotic issue. Oh, you are taking a controversial stance, aren't you? Jesus. <laughs> I cannot believe you, Chris. Well, what do you think, Bill? Chris, I agree with you. I think that <laughs> I think that she has uh, paranoid schizophrenia, which obviously she was diagnosed with because that is with the good doctor 
prescribed her medication for. And the fact that she had gotten better after her stay at the hospital and going through various uh, psychiatric counseling, I mean, I would obviously say that we're dealing with a psychotic disorder and possibly some kind of post-traumatic stress disorder, as we had mentioned, from the physical or mental abuse that she had suffered from somebody in her past, plus her parents divorcing, that coupled with an unstable environment, and, uh, you know, one thing leads to another, and these things progress. If they go untreated, they get worse, and we end up with a situation like this, and especially during the hysterics of the satanic panic era. So you put all that together, and you got a ticking fucking time bomb. Now, you people didn't think we'd let you go without hearing part of the exorcism, would you? Now, at this point in time, for those of you who are still with us, I am going to play a little bit of the exorcism and Gina screaming as Minga. So, uh, I'm going to warn you, it's a little fucking scary. It's a little creepy. It's, uh, it's not for the faint of heart. So, uh, I'm going to play some of that now and then, uh, you guys tell us what you think. I felt the power of God, and I also felt the power of evil. In every single case I've had to deal, I've had to confront fear in terms of the evil. May God have pity on us and bless us. May let his face shine upon us. I am like you! Gina seems to switch uncontrollably between personalities. Give place to our Lord Jesus Christ, who poured out his blood for man. Give place to the Holy Spirit, who through the blessed apostle fears. The exorcism sometimes can go wrong if the priest who's performing it suddenly becomes over-compassionate or over-caring and decides that maybe the devil should bother him instead of the person. And then the whole thing could collapse. For a moment, it started to happen. But then I caught myself and started all over. Jesus Christ commands you. It sows a spirit of confusion, it sows a spirit of fear that makes you think that things are happening to your body. The rite of exorcism continues without let-up for several excruciating hours. As Father A reaches the final stage, when he says Zion, Minga, and the other diabolical influences must leave her. Zion, leave now. Okay, Chris, uh, we're back. <laughs> well, what did you think of that, pal? Uh, yeah, I, I will say the the um, pitch and the level, her the way her voice changes, certainly does sound somewhat convincing. <laughs> it's it's not, it's unnerving. It's <laughs> fucking the unnerving. Shit out of me. I'll tell you one fucking thing, one way or the other: schizophrenic or fucking demonic possession. I'm staying the fuck away from her. <laughs> That is true. I would be uh, recording this from a very safe distance. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I can't find one thing on this girl. All I could say is, Gina, I hope you are alive and well and hope you are no longer possessed, if that's what you believe it was. Or I hope that you have your psychotic disorder under control and are be treated for it properly. Either which way, I hope you're fine. And... For all you listeners out there, if anyone has been involved in or heard of or has any experience in relation to an exorcism, we would love to hear from you. Please, yes, let us know. Um, because that's a very rare you know, thing to happen, rare by the day. 
And so. Chris will be out there with his fucking <laughs> trusty little data notebook collecting much-needed data for this show. In the safety of a uh, steel capsule. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. But that's it, Chris. That concludes the episode of The Exorcism of Gina. So now, before I get possessed, let me go ahead and read off this fucking lousy spiel I got every week. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at Between the Cracks Podcast on Facebook. That's going to be up to Chris to write you back. I'm off Facebook. I don't fucking care anymore. I'm done. I, I, I can't look at people fucking fighting anymore. I, I, I'm done. I don't care what you're eating. I don't care what your kid's eating. I'm done. I'm done. I need a break. What else? So that was Facebook, right? So uh, if you want to get in touch with us, also we're on Instagram. That's Between the Crocs Podcast. Or if you want to tell us about any kind of um, exorcism or any other creepy shit you got going on in your life, you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com. And that's the easiest way to convey a message to us. What the fuck can I tell you? And if you want to donate to the show, you could do that at... And I, I'm going to get better at this. I don't even go on it. But uh, patreon.com slash between the cracks podcast. I think that's it. I got to figure out how to fucking use this thing. I think I'm going to have the host site set the whole fucking thing up for me because it's, it's a mess the way I got it all set up. So don't donate anything yet because uh, I don't know how to do any of this shit. So just keep it in mind for when everything gets rolling. All right, guys. So uh, until next week, we bid you the fondest. Oh, farewells. Me no one to leave. And this one's very special because this this story would be, oh my god. And this one's very special because it was actually broadcast oh you piece of fucking garbage. <laughs> and still going on to this hold on. Stop! Ah, fucking dog. Um fuck. The fucking guy's gonna fight every time I start doing this shit. Let me see how much we are. Oh, we're going out for 50 minutes already. Yeah. Um, so I think we I think it flowed pretty well too. I don't think we made many mistakes. Um knock on <laughs> knock on wood. My man. And here we go. Me no want to leave. Or or get in touch with or, oh motherfucker. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, just fuck. shut the fuck up. <laughs>